This is the Dan and Christy podcast. Dan and Christy. The Aussie Deluxe Angus is back at Macca's. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Yum, yum, yum. When did you get rear-ended? Or when did your partner not help? Because I uh, had the car accident yesterday. Someone mm. broke on a major highway and everyone ran up their bum. Oh, my as God. As they do, because they're tailgating most of the time. And the person behind me ran straight up there. And I'm like, oh, and the kids are in the car. They're like, Dad's, what, what's happened? I'm like, we've been in a crash. I'm going to go call the police and um, I'm going to call your mum so she can come and get us off the side of the highway, which mm-hmm. is fair enough. And I gave her all the directions, and she did not help. One, gave me a lecture on the phone when I had a crash. She goes, well, what were you doing? Can I say, though, vibes, Mm. because as a wife, you just instinctively go, what's he done? What's he done this time? What's he done this time? Because that happened to you yesterday, didn't it? Oh, my husband, yeah. Same, same. It was like the same experience with both Mm. our spouses yesterday. And I I couldn't believe the way you reacted to it. Yeah, I was angry. (laughs) I was sympathetic to the car breaking down, right? Okay. But I'm thinking to myself, I've told him, I've told him a thousand times, where are we at with the service? You know, and he didn't, oh, anyway, I tried to be then You weren't helpful in the situation. (laughs) Oh, that's what my husband said. You tried to be sweet. (laughs) You were yelling at him. He's like, oh, what do you mean? Harley's got to go to school. I sent him a text like, message right. and I apologise. I mean, let's not be dramatic. Anyway, so he was I... crying at home <laughs> in the fetal position. That's what was happening. Uh, trust me, he's fine now. I made it up to him. So your oh, wife, okay. so your wife's upset with you because you've mm-hmm. given her directions to. She needs to come and pick you and the kids That's up. That's right. And which I gave her direct her. directions, and she drove three k's in the wrong area. <laughs> so she turned up about forty-five minutes later from the crash, which yep. is great. And the kids in the car, hot day, uh, so not nice for the kids. Uh, they'd already had a full day. We went and saw some seals and stuff. And and we'd driven like an hour already, and then mm. we like finished up having an accident. And oh, it's the worst. So you yeah. had a collision, and you just want to get home, mm-hmm. right? That's it. You do want to get home, and then uh, my wife turns up and gets the kids, and she goes, "Well, what's happened then? What, how did this happen?" And I'm like, "Well, uh, someone just ran into the back of me. Like I had to brake all of a sudden, mm. and someone wasn't paying attention. They mm. just went straight up there, and mm. it happens. Mm. And whereas I, my concern was for the other person in the car. I was hoping they were all right, just to you know get off the side of the road and just see if they were okay." called the police, had to wait for them for an hour. They eventually turn up and they're just like, well, uh, we found the incident, which is great, and you've got all the details and you can get, you know, all, all the insurance and all that kind of crap that goes with it. Oh, it's a whole arduous mm. process, isn't it? It is. So she she gets sent by a... Mm-hmm. You sent her, like, the link of where you were? Yep, that's you right. Sent I sent her a screenshot pin. of yep. exactly where I was mm-hmm. and she still went the wrong way and then just went, well, I was saying the right thing the whole time. <laughs> I'm like, no, you weren't. I watched you drive, like, miles in the wrong direction. I flash my lights at her too because I'm like, oh, this is where I am. And she just drives straight past and just oblivious. She was probably in shock too. She's like, oh my God, my poor husband. But why yell? Why are you helping? (laughs) She's got emotional blindness here in this situation. She's into action. Like, whereas, like, she's been in a major accident. She Mm. was in a major accident. Same kind of thing. And I was so sympathetic towards the cause. I'm like, are you okay? Is everything okay? Like, she she got whiplash. Uh, She had a major accident. She was going 110 k's per hour on a major road and slammed into the wall. And thank God she was alive. And that's Mm. all I could think about. And I immediately drove to where she was, which was two hours away. Did you drive three kilometres past, though? No, I did not, because I've got a sense of direction. <laughs> uh, but this is what...
what we want to know. When did your partner not help? Because this can be situations where you think, you know, you've rolled your ankle, you've hurt yourself and your partner's just not helpful Well, in what situation. about this? Mm. It, it, not my partner, but Mum and Deb, mm. right? So I'm 13, 14, and mm-hmm. they have a property in Queensland, and I, I'm going to say this on air. It's illegal. I shouldn't have done it. Do not do this. It was <laughs> stupid of me. Um, but they had a big property, and I was on, like, what's it called? Like a, you know, one of those bikes, like a BMX. BMX. I don't know, posty bike, whatever. A posty bike? I don't know, just some sort of a bike on the property. So maybe it wasn't illegal. It's called but anyway, a motorbike, yeah. And I crashed my, I like I fell over. I wasn't mm. going that fast. But I crashed and I ran to my mum and I'm bleeding right on my mm. elbow. And I'm in a lot of pain. I need medical attention. And you know what she does? She tells me off for walking inside and she's like, Christy, don't bleed on my white carpet. <laughs> when did your partner not help? 131060, Jared from Shepparton. Who didn't help you? So neither of my parents helped me. Oh, okay, no. so what, what happened, happened, Jared? Okay, so uh, my brother and I mucking around in the backyard just being stupid as kids do. Mm-hmm. He uh, had a knife. He accidentally stabbed me. Um, yeah, in the leg. It bled a lot. And, of course, I was pretty upset with that, so I hit him in the head with a golf club. Um, yeah, of course... We went inside, there's just blood everywhere, and the old man just looked at us and going, oh, rub some dirt in it and walk it off, you'll be all right. <laughs> and and rub some dirt in it. And isn't your dad yeah, a rub pop? Some dirt in it. Walk, yeah, he was. Yeah, walk it off, you know. And then um, literally, mum being a nurse, when she got home, she went off her head, not because of the treatment that we got from dad, but because we'd just been stupid and bashed each other. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I'm more concerned about your dad going, yeah, I'm a medical expert. Let's like, just chuck some dirt in it. Because um, that would be infections, right? I'm thinking the same thing. That's why I didn't rub dirt in it. You just rubbed your face in the dirt. <laughs> or replaced a divot in your brother's head. Um, 13, 10, 60. Travis from Shepherd, and who didn't help in your situation? So, it would have been a few years ago. I was at work. Um, my wife calls me in a panic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, oh, what, what's happened? And, you know, couldn't get much out of it because it just that my daughter had accidentally slammed my other daughter's finger in the door. Oh, yep. Yeah, yep. And uh, it was a pretty bad one. Um, so I'm at work trying to just assess over the phone, you know, what's happened? Wife doesn't do too well with situations like that. Mm-hmm. Wife ends up yelling at me for asking questions uh, to try and figure out what's happened uh, and then hangs up on me. <laughs> I hung up so I on get, my wife yesterday too. Yeah, I can get this so get, situation. Get home, uh, you know, kind of do the first aid piece, uh, get everyone in the car, open up the uh, door, look at the finger and go, oh, God, uh, actually come off uh, and we need to get to the hospital. Ooh. So here's, uh, here's me jumping in the driver's seat. Wife's passed out for the, uh, the side of blood. Uh, the older daughter's... You know, white as a ghost and won't say a word. And oh, the one no. who's actually got the injury is sitting there smiling and saying, Why are you home from work, Dad? <laughs> what a legend. Uh, yeah. So still, still give my wife a bit of stick about that one, I tell you. <laughs> And it'll always be your fault, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, always, always. Yes. Australia's own motocross legend. He does some of the biggest stunts in the world and non-stop nine-stadium tour presented by Freestyle Kings is hitting the road. And this is going to be bigger and better than ever. Freestylekings.com for tickets. But uh, he's a world record breaker. He's an absolute weapon. Robbie Madison joins us. Robbie, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? Yeah, very good. good. Now, this is so jaw-dropping. It's action-packed. I love watching motocross. And you're one of the greatest freestyle motocross riders of all time, I'd say. Thanks for joining us, mate. How exciting. 
Mate, it's a pleasure. We're super excited. Stoked to come back to Australia and this tour up the East Coast is going to be awesome. Excited to make our way up the East Coast. And um, Robbie, I have seen you do some of these stunts live before and I could barely breathe watching you. But some <laughs> of the things that you guys do, it's it's utterly amazing. Just like the definitive of, of athletism, if you will. At this stage in your career, do you still get nervous with the stunts that you're doing ever? Or is it just, you know, water for ducks back, you're so prepared, you're so ready? Or do you still have nerves with what you do. Yeah, I think now getting older, I'm more nervous now than I've ever been. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just had shoulder surgery, so I'm doing everything I can to get ready for tour. I'm probably not going to be 100% at the first stop, but uh, we have a great team and, you know, the boys will, we all kind of do this, you know, we'll take care of the load for each other. So I'll definitely be there. And my sons have been training a lot and I'm um, really excited that my, my middle guy, Jagger, he's 10, he's going to be joining the show, which I think... <sighs> Is one of the coolest parts, like little kids out there. When I remember when I was a little kid and watching other little kids ride was like the most inspiring thing ever. And that's, you know, what I'm about is inspiring people to have great lives. So having my kids out there, the older one, Chris, is going to be doing the backflip and Jagger's going to be sending the jumps and doing some tricks. So that's going to be the highlight for me, but also... You know, the kids that we have and the, the, the team that we have, you know, we've got Ronnie Mack out there who's an absolute larrikin and super fun for the audience. And then, you know, some of the world's best riders doing the gnarliest tricks ever and we have the airbag technology. So it allows us to all step the level up and we just can't wait to get back on tour. We did four stops in New Zealand recently and we have a great show. We get standing ovations over there. So mm. we're ready to hit with that dynamite and carry it all the way up the East Coast. Are you going to be trying to beat some world records? Because you've done a few yourself. Is this what happens on tour? Yeah, we all progress, that's for sure. Or, um, you know, some of the guys are doing the double backflip off the 75 foot ramp, which is to me, when I saw them doing it last year, I was on the floor, like kind of covering my eyes. I was so nervous for them, but also getting inspired myself and just really proud of them because, like, they're coming off the bike saying, Oh man, you inspired me from when I was a kid, and this is what I'm trying to do. So, we're all feeding off each other, and the level keeps rising. And, and I know, like, every stop that we have, someone does something next level, and we're all just super excited about it. Yeah, we're just excited to get on tour and share the stoke and put on amazing shows for the audience. And, Robbie, when you talk about the kids getting involved as well as in your own kids, how do you go as a father now watching your kids? kids do what you do or at least starting to practice do you panic or do you, you must be a proud father i mean they're obviously in the best of hands with you as their teacher yeah it's a bit of a double-edged sword you know you also want to inspire them to be their best and in life you know you've got to take risks to move forwards i guess and and i tell them you know, like nothing's easy if you want an easy path in life you're not going to achieve greatness and I'm, I'm i want them to be the best versions of themselves and i'm like sometimes you need to be a little bit scared and you got to you know step over the edge and i guess uh do things that other people wouldn't do and so I'm trying to like juggle that idea with them but honestly uh, this week you know Jagger jumped the, the super kicker he's super young you know 10 years old and not been doing this long we, we haven't had that much practice uh, recently so he stepped it up a level and then Cruz got the backflip dialed in and you know a lot of it's mental right so I'm just really proud of my boys to be on the mental side I know that you also have been really great with your work you and the team at doing um you know performances for charities is there any charities that you like to support support uh, with what you do? Yeah, um, I've, I've done a lot for charities over the years, you know, just always trying to give back. I did a lot for Mission Australia back in the day and donated you know, big, big sums of money for the uh, for the links to learning for kids who are underprivileged. So 
I mean, that's where my heart's at is with kids and, you know, especially ones that are um, underprivileged and kind of come from tougher backgrounds. But, yeah, we just try to, you know, we live a blessed life and I just try to extend as much as we can to those in need whenever we can. Well, you're a wonderful man and these riders are going to be hitting heights of over 75 foot. It's going to be an epic show. Tell us about some of the, like, the pyrotechnics and the atmosphere that's going to be at the Freestyle King. It's a great atmosphere, you know, with our inflatable landings, um, all the multiple ramps we have out there and then just the fast-paced show that we have. Um, it builds from the where we start off with the easier tricks that were seen in the early 2000s and, and 1990s, but starts with the easier tricks that were from 20 years ago, and then it, it kind of ramps up and the energy of the show builds. We have Pyro with a lot of a lot of the stunts. We have Ronnie Matt comes out and he's absolute larrikin and great interaction with the crowd, and the BMX guys are coming out too, and they have some tricks that have never been done before, so I'm just proud of the show, you know. It's uh, mainly Aussie guys. It's an Australian touring company, and uh, it's the boss man is a rider himself, so we're just start to all band together as riders and put on this show and tour our homeland and yeah it's uh i'm very proud of it and to have the family touring with us um i know it's going to be awesome and just yeah great opportunity to get back to australia brilliant well for tickets head to freestylekings.com super exciting robbie madison you're an absolute legend and we can't wait to see you do your thing congratulations on all your success and thanks so much for joining us on dan and christy Thank you, guys. Really stoked to uh, be on the show. Thank you for having us in there. Get your tickets and hope to see everyone at Freestyle King. Life's a pizza cake if uh, you're Italian. Because what about this, Dan? A new study has revealed the most popular and sexiest accents around the world. And a new top spot has been revealed, which maybe you have guessed by my uh, lame joke that I made about 10 seconds ago. Life's a pizza cake. <laughs> that's amore. You said, how good's this pizza song? That's amore. I'm like, it's probably not about pizza, but it's a good song. I know. Thanks, it's all about love. And this is what's going on. France has been knocked off the top spot. Wow. 2017, France apparently had the world's sexiest accent, but now it's Italian, they're saying. This study that surveyed over 6,000 uh, people from the UK. Do you like the Italian accent? Or are you more of a French accent? French is pretty sexy. I think, you know what I think is sexy to me? I like... This, okay, for instance, my mm. husband, Justin, I love the sound of his voice. I love him anyway. Oh, yeah. Justin has a great voice. You know that he does voiceovers and works in radio, so his voice is good anyway. And it's deep too, but, isn't it? Yeah, mm. I think the sound of your voice is all about what you're saying. So yeah. if you were speaking to me in any language but you're just aggressive or you're boring, like you're just <laughs> not – I'm not – Getting, you know, you're not. We're not getting down not and dirty. Getting, but if you say the right okay. things and you use your voice, I think it can be a really sexy thing. It's right. like an instrument. The Italian you know? accent of all things. Uh, so they have combined all the votes. So the German accent was voted the most direct language, while British English was voted the most polite. But the Italian accent has booted the French accent out of the top spot. It's a very passionate accent, isn't it? Mm. You know what I mean? Like there's lots of passion and love and fire in That's that Italian right. accent. You I'm can, making I mean, a I've pizza. I'm making a regula. <laughs> I'm making a fettuccine. Ciao, buongiorno. No, That's Bon Jovi, hot. slippery when we eat. <laughs> well, let's say something sexy in Italian, I reckon. All right, you got something? And uh, Well, let's do the least sexy thing you can say. So right. maybe something about getting the runs. Oh, God. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. <clears throat> oh, my God, a slippery when we eat. A fettuccine carbonara. I have a diarrhea in my legs. I need an incontinence paid. I'm not I mean- a very good at the accent. <laughs> I am giving it a go. I feel like you've said more than that short, simple sentence. You were doing- Mamma mia. <laughs> 
What else you got over there? Oh, wow, 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 wow. <laughs> uh, well, that's um, the sexiest Italian I can do. But what about like um, you? You can you do an accent? Because you you've been on Home and Away. You know uh, the whole Cause dialect. Because yeah, we spoke a lot of Italian on Home and Away. <laughs> so Arf, much. Arf, Arf Stewart. <laughs> oh my said... God! I'm going to for a win, sir. If my husband said to me in Italian, even mm. something like. He was taking the garbage out, right? Mm-hmm. I would think that was the hottest thing ever. Really? Any man, I don't care what accent it is, but especially Italian, if they're taking, like, <laughs> the rubbish out or tells me that he's cleaning up, like, oh, my God, baby, I would jump his really? bones. Yeah, really? any woman whose husband says I'm taking the rubbish out, do you know how hot that is? <laughs> it's the sexiest thing I've ever heard, <laughs> uh, taking the beans out. Swifties unashamedly now for the Eras Tour wearing adult diapers this is, is re- the headline. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. This this is so... Mm-hmm. Oh, I have so many thoughts about this, right? So people mm-hmm. are going crazy, obviously, with the Eras Tour. She's almost in Australia. And for the true Swifties out there that don't want to miss a minute of the show, because it's 44 songs, like, they reckon it's going to go for three and a half three hours. hours. I could hold that in. Maybe no, I'm really unhealthy, but uh, you couldn't. No, I couldn't. You go every five seconds. Yeah, but you know what I'll do? I'll be an adult and I'll go to the bathroom yeah. and I'll rust, race straight back to my seat. Like, I had to go and pee throughout Titanic. I remember watching that. It's a long <laughs> movie. Imagine just people wearing, like, diapers. Imagine... <laughs> Make a ping to this song. Oh, jeez. It'd be yeah, glorious, I, wouldn't it? That'd be the best week you ever had. I can't... Oh, my God. I can't believe that this is even a thing of consideration. And you yeah. know what? Putting all jokes aside... I'm the people flying, that, <laughs> Yeah, sorry. The people that want to wear adult diapers... To Taylor Swift, I actually find really offensive for people that genuinely need them, like people with yeah. disability or people that have had surgery, you know, yeah. like, mm. come on, grow up, be an adult. You don't just stand there wearing a diaper because you can't miss two seconds of a Taylor Swift song. Well, sure surely there's the a couple bathroom. of Taylor Swift songs that are bathroom breaks. I mean, uh, I'd go during 22, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be me because, well, I'm, I'm not a Swifty fan, uh, unless you really, really wanted to be out the front. And I've been up the front for these concerts. I, I sat in the front row at a YouTube concert from uh, I think it was 10am till uh, 11pm at night up the front I did not pee I think something happened to my bladder (laughs) it just went inside my body or I just became uh, yeah it's like you start losing your train of thought yeah that's pretty bad I've got to be honest that's a long time it was a very long time at the front but I didn't wear an adult diaper but maybe I should (laughs) have Maybe I should, I should have just totally done it. Or I, was, I wasn't hydrating. Like, I, I wasn't drinking water. You still don't drink water. Does no, it produce I don't. Somatic? He's I not need really more electrolytes in my life, and Matthew always tells me this, don't you? Yeah, you like, ridiculous with the little amount of water you drink. <laughs> I don't know how you function. I get a headache mm. for like an hour of not drinking water. Yeah, Matty, yeah. you get a headache when you talk to us. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> Diaper-free, though. Do you wear a diaper outside every time you hear us? Um, <laughs> generally. generally <laughs> Watch out, there is an AI brothel out there. And just a warning, we are going to be talking about artificial intelligence and SEX. A little bit sexy in here. Yeah, oh, well, actually, playing the Terminator thing. Not that sexy in here. Mm. I mean, not like... <laughs> we- robo sexy. <laughs> yeah, robo sexy. I've got like Ugg boots on. Oh, look, one's just walked in. <laughs> the CPU is a neural net processor. A learning computer. But it's in Berlin. It's future. And uh, this is what's going to happen, which I quite like uh, compared to normal workers who are human. AI, it's a cyber brothel. So patron share company with life-size sex dolls instead of humans. Well, it is interesting, like you said. I mean, we see the we see the takeover instead of humans in, in many capacities nowadays. Mm. Self-serve checkout, et cetera, et cetera. You know, there's a lot of things being done now um, mm. instead of other people doing services for us. We either do them ourselves or AI will take over and we'll start to see an evolution in this regard. Um, and i got to say, 
I like this. I think it will help in terms of safety for a lot of women. Mm. Um, I do have, you know, my heart goes out to people that lose work because of it, because the industry uh, is it's saying true. that a lot of people will now lose their job, and it's, it's down quite a bit, actually. Registered sex work is down 30%. Compared oh, really? to pre-pandemic numbers over in Germany, so interesting to see what happens. But it's going to be raunchy. Yeah, it's going to be raunchy. Apparently, the people that will be using this service with AI um, and the life-size dolls and things like that, mm. they will have VR goggles. Yep, VR headsets. Right. So immersive 4D. Um, so with their favourite sex bot. So you get to choose your sex bot. You get to text with them or sext in this uh, case. So yeah, that's what they say. That's the lingo immersive. of the non-married cool yeah. people doing stuff, isn't it? Uh, would you go for this though? Like it's a pretty interesting thing, but. Uh, an innovative experience, yeah, I imagine. I, mm. I would go for anything if I... I mm. mean, I'm married, so obviously this isn't where I'm at, but I would be up for anything if mm-hmm. if it looked pretty good and it was obviously consensual and, and mm. legal and all those sort of stuff. I think you'd be up for it as well. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, uh, good old hands. Uh, they're the one for me, but get some <laughs> robotics. And simulation, like a silicon, uh, good AI program. It's a fine alternative. Uh, movies, well, I, movies are based on this. There's yeah, plenty of movies out. There are, there are. And what I do like is that it's trying to recreate for people that don't have intimacy or mm. human intimacy. It's trying to give Pressure that experience. Free, you know? Yeah, because that way you can actually just be yourself completely. <laughs> at, you know, you can't do that, obviously, if you're interacting with a human being. There is, <laughs> there's boundaries, as there should be. There's legalities. And you maybe maybe some people just want to walk in this room and just put on their VR headset and just cry, you know, or have their own <laughs> special gig. Like, who That's knows right. what people think? Virtually in the fetal position yet again. <laughs> it's Westworld all over. And we heard the news this morning. King Charles has been diagnosed with cancer. Buckingham Palace revealed it this morning. Uh, very sad news. Uh, he's going to postpone some of his public engagements. But to talk more about it is correspondent from Channel 7 News, the European correspondent, Hugh Whitfield. Good morning, Hugh. Hello, good morning. Hugh, we'll start with this. Like, King Charles, we heard the news this morning. It's on TVs everywhere. It's in the news, on the radio. He's been diagnosed with cancer. So Buckingham Palace confirmed. What revealed it? Because a lot of people were saying the recent treatment for an enlarged prostate it was discovered yeah i mean that, essentially that's what the palace is saying the only way that they found this is by him going to hospital for his enlarged prostate it is not prostate cancer that he's being treated for but uh, it was about 10 days ago that he went into hospital he ended up spending three nights there for the treatment on his prostate which was longer than most people expected and it turns out that they found issues of concern during that stay uh, and the tests have since come back that he's got cancer of some form, but we don't know exactly what. And Hugh, what's the feeling like in the UK at the moment? Because I can imagine that this has just been devastating for UK residents. Yeah, look, uh, there's real concern because uh, Charles has barely been on the throne for two years uh, and we kind of viewed his mother as this indestructible monarch. She was almost superhuman. She just seemed to live forever along with... Prince Philip as well. Well, turns out the royals are human, and even though we didn't really know much about their health, Elizabeth and Philip, uh, Charles is sharing news about his uh, health battles, and cancer isn't really something that you usually associate with the royals. No, but um, the royals have made their way to the UK. Prince Harry, for example, is making his way over. Has the palace said who's going to do his public engagements at the moment? Well, no, and look, there's a bit of an issue because uh, Kate's out of action, likely to be until after Easter, because of course she had to two weeks in hospital for her planned abdominal surgery. Uh, Camilla is going to continue a full diary of engagements and William's kind of stepped back a little bit to look after the kids. So there is a bit of a shortfall there in terms of 
who's going to be carrying out engagements. But I think we can expect Charles to be out of action for quite some time, well more than a month. And Hugh, you did just mention then Queen Camilla. I did wonder what her circumstance now would be, obviously with her husband undergoing treatment. What is the next step now for, for all involved with, with King Charles's cancer diagnosis? Well, he's already begun treatment. So he returned from Sandringham on the week uh, today. He's on Monday local time. He spent the weekend in Sandringham. Uh, and has already begun treatment. He's being treated as an outpatient, so he won't be admitted to a hospital. Uh, some of his treatment may, may even occur at home. And so that would suggest that, um, you know, it's not a, as serious as other forms of cancer, but cancer at 75 is something that doctors will be cautious about for sure. And, Hugh, mm. we want to know too, because after this news in the UK, is there a lot of health advice going out for people to go see their urology doctors and their GP to be screened for blood tests for this type of cancer? This is the, the balance that the palace has got because we don't know exactly what sort of cancer he's got. So they don't really have that ability to give that public health message in the same way that he was able to with the prostate. But on the flip side, they're trying to limit speculation. So they don't want people like looking up the sort of cancer and the survivability and how it's treated and mm. you know what stage it might be and kind of read too much into it all. I think we're not going to get too many updates about Charles's health going forward until there's either good news or bad news, I guess. Mm. And Hugh, we, we know that speaking of speculation, there was speculation that Catherine had been hospitalised uh, for two weeks because of cancer herself, but Kensington Palace have completely shut that down, haven't they? Yeah, that was completely shut down and I, you know, you kind of struggle to believe some of the stuff that gets printed in the Spanish and the French press about the royalty because most of it's made up. Uh, but uh, look, we don't know what Kate was suffering from and I doubt we'll ever find out, but it's, it's knocked her out for quite some time and I don't, we won't see her until after Easter. Well, shocking news from the UK. Uh, King Charles being diagnosed with cancer. Uh, we're wishing him all the best with the treatment. He probably does have the best in medical professionals out there, but we really do appreciate you taking time out with us, Hugh Whitfield, Channel 7 Bureau Chief, and thank you so much, mate. Appreciate the time. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Dad and Christy. So we're asking you on 131060. Breakdowns. Where did you break down? Where did you break down? Mm. Oh, my God. Can you top this? 131060, shout out to my husband, Justin, if he actually is in our car today driving to work Mm. because we had a bit of a debacle yesterday where hubby Justin gets, you know, son Harley, eight years old for school, ready on time. They walk out the door. I get a text message when we're on air, Dan. Hubby Justin's (laughs) broken down by the side of the road and Harley. My darling son, who was so excited to go first day back at school, couldn't get to school because the car had broken down. I mean, he hit I think, the jackpot. He yeah, was he just was. playing iPad at home and got on Roblox and just had the best time. I did say to, to Harley throughout the day, I was like, I'm sorry that we didn't get you to school for your first day. And he's like, no, mum, this is great. <laughs> I don't care. It's a great way to get out of school. But yeah, so look, oh my gosh, what a debacle. Uh, hubby breaks down. The car is, look. The car is the problem because Justin, my husband, loves tech stuff. Mm. So he gets this expensive car and it's just a money pit. It's so dumb. You know, Mm. you you can't get it in neutral. He calls the tow truck. The poor tow truck driver can't move this car because you can't get it in neutral because of something. So they can't roll it on the thing. Oh, really? I know. So the tow truck driver, absolute legend, Mm. drives hubby Justin and Harley home. (laughs) I'm like freaking out, thinking, oh my God, what's happening? I've had to leave work early, as you know. That's right. I was very sensitive to my husband, wasn't I, when he Mm -hmm. called me and told me this Very sensitive by yelling at him um, (laughs) because that's the first thing I'd do in that situation. Someone's in a very stressful environment and he's having the worst time ever and you're like, what do you mean the car broke down? This is your... Because you didn't get it fixed. I was like, what have you done? Is this like, have you not changed something? Is it a fuel thing?
thing? Like, could you have prevented this? Anyway, the car breaks down, all hell breaks loose. I rush home to the family, make sure they're okay, and I did feel really bad because I could see it on Hubby Justin's face the toll that the morning had taken because he he didn't want Harley to see him getting upset, and then the poor guy like got teary with me, and then I yeah. felt I know, or maybe he was just doing that he's to get a sympathy hug. Because yeah, he's you're yelling broken. at him at a time of need. <laughs> he's kicking the car. He's doing mm. everything to get this car sorted, and in the end, like I'm driving from our house to the car, which was maybe about six kilometres away. I'm thinking, do we just push it? Like, you remember the days of pushing it a car? It can't go into neutral, It can't remember? go into neutral. Yeah, we can't push what, it. Yeah, you so. fled Flintstone. You should use your feet in this situation. You're better off getting a horse and cart. I know, maybe no, we'll No, just walk to. it off. Because, um, yeah, this has happened to me. I've broken down a few times. Mm. I broke down in the middle of Sydney Airport. I picked up my wife, um, and I'm driving this crappy Citroen. It was the worst car ever because it would just break down all the time. And I literally broke down in six lanes of traffic in the middle of a traffic aisle in the middle and again not helpful jane just yelling at me so she goes, she well, what are you doing yeah. get out and push <laughs> she didn't get out and push i'm like i've got to push this across three lanes of traffic hey she pushed I'm out like, your you kids just... she never has to push anything <laughs> well, ever again that's that'd true. be my excuse <laughs> well 131060 where did you break down william from winalta where'd you break down um was driving a tractor going around to a farm to move a few hay bales and broke down and for about 10, 10 k's from the house. <laughs> oh, oh, no. no. So what happened? Did you finally get home or did someone rescue you? No, I walked down most of the way, but then Dad came and got me. So did you have mobile reception? Yeah, yeah. Oh, but that's right. This was when I was only 12. Oh, right, uh, yeah. They do that, though, don't they, parents? They're like, they leave, they're like, you'll be all right, you'll get home. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, William Brown had a tractor, bombed around, and then he stacked her. Uh, thanks for the call, <laughs> Cheers, mate. Will. David from Bendigo. Now, what happened to you? Where'd you break down? At Bunnings. Oh, that's handy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did you actually fine. break down? I, I wake up yesterday, we got out of Bunnings, and son, we got a couple of things, and um, went in there, came back out, and the car wouldn't start. Did you get a bunning snag is the most important thing, Dave? Nah, that's the point. There was no snags at the time. Oh, no. <laughs> well, breakdown on the weekend then. I think that's when they do them, huh? I have a breakdown every time there's not snags. <laughs> Getting paid is fun, but imagine the right to disconnect uh, out of work hours because uh, they do say this. It's illegal. Uh, it could mean the, it's illegal for your boss to contact you outside of work hours. Ooh, interesting. Ooh. I know. This is a big thing that the government is is looking up, you know, crossbench support for. It's called the right to disconnect, which essentially is just, as you said, Dan, Texting, emails, phone calls and these things yeah. not being deemed appropriate outside of work hours because apparently workers report that they perform around 5.4 hours of unpaid work per week. It's a good point. Well, that's 281 hours per year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I didn't do that mass, but that is a phenomenal amount of unpaid work. I mean... We're lucky. I mean, you're not my boss and I'm not your boss. We're besties and we contact each other all True. the time outside of work. I am actually your boss for those playing at home. Yeah, and your wife no, we, as well. We, you we keep just telling yourself that. We casually chat to each other, but we do talk about work a lot outside mm. of work hours, don't we? Well, we have to you plan our show. You. You take, yeah. And this is a different This is a different example, obviously, because our this life is, is basically... <laughs> yeah, yeah, people what? like, what? Really? You guys were prepping mm. to this? Mm-hmm. Um, but it is. It's, I think it's a good step in the right direction. Mm. If you have a healthy relationship with your boss and you have perhaps an understanding that, you know, you can leave work a little bit earlier today, but mm. hey, later on, can we, you know, we've still got to get that thing done. Then maybe there's workplace flexibility. That's really good. But if mm. it's something like this where, 
you do your hours, you're going home and you're still getting contacted. Like, that's not okay. You've you got the right to disconnect. Totally. And your boss yeah. should disconnect too. Your mm. boss has the right to a, a work-life balance. So, I mean, that's if right. your boss is seriously doing this sort of stuff outside of work hours, it's like, dude, and, just go and, and have a beer. quit because of it. Because, mm. uh, like, they might get your number from HR and just all of a sudden they're calling you every five seconds to get work done. But you're just like, well, you've got family time. You need a work-life balance. Oh, totally. Like, for mm. instance, I had this job, which I hated, right? But I just did it after I first got divorced and mm. I needed money. Anyway, um, and I was oh. working in wine. One of those kind of jobs. <laughs> <laughs> I would do that on the, on the side as free. well. Yeah. Um, and anyway, <laughs> yeah. so I was doing this wine job mm. and I worked for a tiny little company because my best friend asked me, you know, she's like, do you want to get some cash? Can you just come and help us do customer service? She was like, you're friendly, people like you, blah, mm. blah, blah, blah. The owner of the company was a really young guy and he was super wealthy and private school guy and just such a... Banker, <laughs> right? And he would always text me and call me and stuff outside mm. of hours, but then I started to develop a crush on him. Oh, and no. I, it was this unhealthy thing, but then I stopped liking him. I really right. didn't like him at all because he wasn't a great guy, but then he's still texting, and I'm like, well, what Just am I supposed to do? <laughs> Because I would love a job. <laughs> <laughs> and Phil, our boss, can we have the day off? Yes, you have my <laughs> Thank you. The Aussie Angus Deluxe is back at Macca's. 